when it comes to our financial decisions, we can't just make them based on instant gratification and how we feel today. We have to make these decisions based on how we'll feel tomorrow, the day after, and in the long term. But what do I know? You should be paying. Okay, so first of all, that whole sezzle, whatever Klarna installment payments. Oh my God. Oh my God. No, no, no. no. Shay, 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 Shay. What? Please go ahead because why oh, are you splitting I up? I thought you were about to say like, yo, don't name drop. No. I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, oh, no. No, no name seriously. drop because, okay, I'm so sorry. I hope I don't offend someone. <laughs> I'm so, I like, I don't want to offend someone, but why are you splitting up your payments on a shirt that costs $40? <laughs> yo. Okay, listen. This is But What Do I Know podcast with Chit Suzanne, a space for learning, for healing, and for laughter. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the But What Do I Know podcast. I'm your host, Chit Suzanne, and I just want to welcome you all to yet another episode, season two, episode 15. Wow, we made it. We are at the end of the year. Well, our podcast year. This will be our last episode for this year, and we will start season three next year in late February, March. But don't consider this the end of the season just yet. You know, I may or may not release an episode in February. <laughs> so, you know, this isn't quite the end of the season, but we will take a break for the holidays and all that good stuff. And then, you know, finish it off in February and then start a new season in March. All right. So with that being said, if this is your first time tuning in and hearing the sound of my voice, Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy what you hear on this episode and that you keep coming back. And if you're already in the know, you're already part of our podcast community. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Make sure you're subscribed. And all of the support, honestly, is just truly, truly appreciated. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our clue in segment for this episode. All right. So for our clue and segment, I want to begin with this. And this is more of a thought more, more than anything. Um, I want you all to clue into the way that capitalism mixed with greed, mixed with lack of handling resources efficiently, mixed with vaccine hesitancy. And shall I repeat, greed by Western leaders is, you know, just causing us to sort of go in cycles of this pandemic, right? And now we've had, you know, multiple variants now, the alpha variant, we've had a, a beta, we've had a, a mu, now there's the Omicron, which people are calling Omarion, like, you know, and I just want you all to clue into the way that, wow, like the social infrastructure and the systems we have are just really fragile. Like, We've been in this for two years. And yes, some countries are handling it better than others. But the way in which just what, like, wow, these are systems that you would have thought, OK, we have certain things in place to, to handle and combat some of these issues. And still, you know, some leaders have fallen short. And I understand, you know, it's not something that was fully predictable, but it's like, dang. And then, you know, I, I mentioned greed because. The Omicron variant of this virus was first found from my research, from what I've heard a lot of doctors and researchers quoting on Twitter and through my research, it was found in, in Europe. But because South African doctors reported this first, all of a sudden now we're seeing travel bans against a lot of countries in Africa, um, specifically Southern Africa and West Africa, right? And, you know, a lot of People, researchers, doctors, especially black doctors, especially African doctors are really just voicing that if this virus was to have started 
in the continent of Africa, the way it would have been handled would have been so different. And the way that, you know, African people would have just been alienated, African people in the diaspora, African people on the continent, the way that we would have just been treated and alienated is so evident in the way that the world is just so quick to say, oh, yeah, we're going to put a ban on South Africa, forgetting how amazing the researchers and doctors in that country are and sort of punishing them for reporting that they found this new variant so that we can all sort of research it together, understand this variant better and find, you know, if it's a vaccine or find another solution for this. Right. So, you know, y'all just clue in. You know, this is a bit of a, of a thought, of a rant. It's just something I'm thinking about as we sort of go through, go through this pandemic and we're seeing different variants and seeing the way certain world leaders are just really exercising their power and their greed in ways that I'm like, wow, okay. And, you know, while we're, while we're here, let me just add, you know, we're still, we're still in, in a pandemic, uh-huh. Almost two years now, we're still here, (laughs) but I just want to add, you know, still exercise precaution, take care of yourself. You know, if you are vaccinated, still wear your mask. If you feel you're in a situation where you're unsafe, if you can't social distance from people, then, you know, you exercise that caution and do what's best for you. If you're a vaccine hesitant, then again, your business, take the precautions you need to take to keep yourself safe. But, uh, but yeah, y'all just take care of yourselves because we're very much still in this. And um, we can sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel, it feels like. But then every time we take a step forward, it feels like we take like three steps back and another variant pops up. So let's see where we are in a few months. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and switch gears to some TV shows and movies, some things to watch. So this episode, I want you all to clue into a few things that are, you know, um, on our screens lately. The first is the movie King Richard. This is a movie that sort of narrates Serena and Venus Williams's life, also kind of focuses on their relationship with your father and just the role that he played in their lives and in them becoming the successful tennis players that, you know, they are today. So I have not watched that, but I've heard really good reviews. I heard some mixed feelings about the movie being titled King Richard, even though it's supposed to be sort of, you know, focused on Serena and and Venus. So I can't really speak to that, but I'm going to be watching that over the holidays. Something else I'm going to be watching over the holidays is a new TV show for us, Black women. They just keep coming. Like, bring the shows on. Like, we had Insecure, Run the World, 20s. And now we have Harlem and Harlem is on Amazon Prime. So it's not on Netflix. So yet another subscription that you got to pay for, unfortunately. But, um, Harlem again, from my sort of like research and watching the trailer, it looks really cool following the lives of again, four friends. They love the whole four friends thing with these shows, huh? Uh, but yeah, four friends navigating Harlem. I'm sure they're going to talk about their love life, their careers, how they balance it different relationships. So I'm excited to get into season one of that show. I'll be watching that over the holidays and reporting back to you all in the new season. So yeah, so y'all check those out. King Richard, Harlem, if there are any other shows that you all are watching that I haven't mentioned, feel free to reach out and let me know as well. All right. So of course, our song of the week um, this week, we're going to be listening to a song by one of my favorite music groups and music collectives. I feel like two of our song of the weeks throughout the season <laughs> probably included them. Um, and this is Western, a group out of the UK. Of course, they have Afro-Caribbean roots. Their music style, it's typically very, you know, like Afro swing mixed with Afro beats, you know, fusing it with hip hop and that like dance hall, bashment type of vibes. And I just love it. I love the type of music that they make. I'm such a big fan of Western. So with that being said, this week we're listening to Western Wonder Woman. I love the song. Um, You know, again, it gives me that like Afro beat, Afro swing type of vibe. And if you listen closely, if you're African, specifically West African, you may pick up some like West African, Ghana, Nigerian, high life type beat in this song. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and check it out. This is Western Wonder Woman. She don't need 
listen, if you were not nodding your head, stomping your feet, getting up, moving your waist when that was playing, then listen, I don't know what's up. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. But uh, that's definitely a vibe. Ever since I found out about that record, I want to say about a month ago, it has been on replay for me. So yeah, I hope you enjoy that track this week. That was Western Wonder Woman. All right. So it's about that time for us to get into our main segment for this episode. This episode, we're focusing on our finances, our personal finances, financial mindset, a little bit of financial wellness. And then we're focusing on preparing ourselves to curb any overspending (laughs) as we, you know, prep for the holidays, go about our festivities and all that great stuff. So I had, you know, a licensed financial advisor come into studio and have this conversation with me. I know y'all are going to enjoy this. So let's go ahead and get into it. For our main segment this week, we are talking all things financial. We're getting a little bit into financial mindset. We're going to dive even deeper into preparing financially for the holiday period, budgeting, saving, debt, all that fun stuff. So to join me in having this conversation, I'm joined by Shay. She is a licensed financial advisor, mentor, and educator, and she's also the owner and creator of the Finance for the Culture business and brand. So welcome to the show, girl. How are you? Thank you. Love the vibe. Um, We've been kikiing all morning, so (laughs) just get ready. (laughs) All right, perfect. So before we get into our conversation, let's get into what we're drinking while we record. So as usual, you know, our tea is by none other than Make a Moment Tea and Wellness Company, based in the GTA, Black-owned and woman-owned. Today, we're drinking the Rise Tea. We're hoping that we can rise up and wake up for this, you know, <laughs> Yo. this, this morning recorded session. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, if you all are into tea, you love wellness, the brand sells diffusers, sea moss, all that good stuff, go ahead, check them out. And there's a discount code in the episode description. All right, so finance... You ready? Yes. (laughs) So I guess let's start with talking a little bit about your journey. Um, I want to kind of hear how you sort of made your way into this financial world, into the space of having the tools to start teaching people, to start educating, to where you feel confident to sort of do it. So, yeah, go ahead. How did you start? For sure. So... Just a little bit of a backstory. Um, well, I'm literally going to plug myself. So finance for the culture literally is self-explanatory. I'm bringing financial education to the culture, to marginalized communities. Um, I bridge the gap between finance and the average millennial. And I do that through social media, workshops, one-on-one financial analysis appointments. And the purpose is to eliminate the stigmas and the shade and the shame that comes with talking about money. You know, a lot of our communities don't like to talk about our finances, but um, like wealth is everything. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, everything costs money. So if we don't have that together, then we're probably going to be suffering. So I literally stumbled into financial literacy, like Two years ago, honestly, I didn't know anything about finance. A lot of people are surprised to hear that, but a lot has changed in the last two years. Um, I actually met my financial advisor at an open mic. So the organizer had this advisor come and talk. And basically she said, look, the system doesn't care about you. You need to get your ish together. So I was moved by that because she's from Jane and Fink. She's talking to people who are from marginalized communities. And I was like, okay, help me because I'm tired of being broke. (laughs) Like that's literally what it is. I was tired of being broke and I wanted to become independent. So I got my stuff together. Um, She gave me an opportunity to study and become a licensed advisor. And here we are. Here we are. (laughs) So how are you sort of enjoying the educational part of it? Like, do you find it challenging to sort of 
share the tools that you've learned to other people or do you find it like is it exciting kind of thing or a bit of both so what i tell people all the time is that it's like riding a bike like you Mm. know you've heard that phrase if you learn to ride a bike you'll never forget yeah so it's the same thing like these financial concepts are basic things that you just need to remember and then apply Mm. so me learning these things is very easy in a sense um and teaching it is the same way i like to use analogies i like to use real life examples um i like to just really connect with the person so we can figure out what what moves them right Mm -hmm. because i could be chatting away and saying all this stuff but if it's not hitting them in a place where they care then that's where the challenge is right they're not going to want to apply it exactly so yeah um the journey has been amazing i get constant mentorship as well so i'm constantly learning different financial concepts um different things about investing i do not know everything and Mm -hmm. there is power in admitting that Mm -hmm. so i am constantly learning i have a mentor that i speak with every week um i read i'm reading the psychology of money right now by the way it's amazing and yeah the school of youtube yes university of youtube yeah definitely helps (laughs) yeah Um, so I want to get into your journey and I like to ask the guests that come on this podcast, because this is essentially what this, you know, space is all about is, did you ever have a, but what do I know moment, which is, you know, moment where you felt like, but what do I know about finance or damn, I can't do this. Me teaching these people about these tips, me. So (laughs) did you ever have a moment like that? And how did you sort of overcome that feeling of doubt? So definitely the only finance related I guess experience I had is when I was a debt collector um they trained us to like understand credit other than that I was like well clearly I don't know about finance because I'm broke Mm. (laughs) with the horrible credit score um and when I started studying you know I had a couple people close to me ask me like you're gonna you're gonna do this like what do you know about finance and what I've realized is anybody can learn anything. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I basically took my teaching experience because I do have eight years of teaching and tutoring experience mm-hmm. in and out of province. And then I took my financial journey and I married them together. Mm. So I believe that anybody can learn anything and it really doesn't matter what career field you were in. Just learning and dedication, commitment, having mentors um, can really change your life. Absolutely. I also think it's interesting, too, that you had people around you that were telling you, oh, what do you know? Like, you're going to teach, you're going to do this. And then you still like got over that. I think that's really cool because a lot of times, like, it's one thing for us to tell ourselves, oh, like, you know, but what do I know? And then kind of talk ourselves and push ourselves into that. But I think it's even harder when you have people around you telling you, oh, you're going to do this to be able to kind of like push yourself and get yourself out of that. So good. I'm glad that you did that, though, because your content is popping. You're doing the damn thing. The page is growing. And yeah, you're you're reaching and educating people. So nah, man, keep going. Thank you. And I just want to touch a point there. Honestly, I really believe everything starts with self-love. Like you have to come to a place where you are confident in your abilities and you understand your strengths. You know what your areas of improvement are and you are your biggest cheerleader. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, those people said those things and it was kind of like, damn, like you, you don't see the potential. But at the end of the day, like, I do not care what you think. This is what I want to do. Yeah, You know, my bank account is pretty happy. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Facts. Facts <laughs> it is indeed. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I sort of want to go into like financial stats, some statistics, all that stuff. So I feel like right now we're in a time where it's really cool and interesting and mainstream to be financially woke. Right. Everybody is invested in crypto. And obviously, I'm overgeneralizing. Not everyone is invested in crypto, but like <laughs> it's very mainstream. Like if it's not crypto, it's Forex. Um, you know, people are talking about, you know, having emergency savings. And I feel like because we also just went through a really like a pandemic, a really like 
life-changing situation. A lot of people were forced to think about their financial situation as well, which caused a lot of transitions in and out of certain like careers and stuff, right? So for those people who are, you know, sitting there thinking like, damn, like I want to get on this financial wave too. I don't really know where to start. I don't know what to do. What financial statistics and what numbers like in their situation and just in general, should they be paying attention to? Like, where should they kind of start? So I would say Google is your best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find a lot of Canadian statistics on there. Mm-hmm. From what I remember, I think like 60% of Canadian adult Canadians are comfortable with their financial situation. But for me, I take... Sometimes I take numbers with a grain of salt because are we really like is the average person really comfortable with their financial situation? I don't really know. And like in my field, the fact that I actually sit down with people, I'm realizing that a lot of people are pretending. Mm. So things that we should pay attention to would be cost of living Mm. for sure. Inflation. Let's see. The amount of debt Canadians are in, the Mm -hmm. amount of credit card debt, the average cost of tuition for a year. Oh, yeah. I'm paying attention to that. (laughs) (laughs) And what else? One statistic that really should, well, it happened back in June of 2020. Apparently, 140 restaurants closed in Toronto oh, due yeah, to COVID. I remember COVID. reading that. I remember reading that. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. So just and and also another thing. I don't know the the number, but self checkouts, mm-hmm. right, are taking over industries. Actual human cashiers. So yeah. now we have to think: is what we're doing job wise sustainable? Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Yeah, so just uh, Google, Google financial statistics for mm-hmm. Canadians and you're going to see a lot of crazy stuff. Um, I usually include like details in my presentations and not a way to scare people. What what I would need people to realize is that when it comes to finance, it's about being realistic. Mm-hmm. Like we can't keep pretending, we can't keep spending money we don't have, we can't keep putting on this facade to look a certain way when our finances are crumbling. Like we got to be realistic here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the reality check is having one job is not going to cut it. Yeah. Multiple unless, streams of income. Multiple uh, streams of income. Unless you are the CEO of a consultant for making <laughs> yeah. 200K a year, then baby. Of course. But even then, you should still have your investments yeah. going. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. So multiple streams is not a luxury anymore. It's a yeah. necessity. And... If that's so true. You're saying like, where should people start? So I always tell people, look at your numbers. Mm-hmm. The average person does not know what their expenses cost. They don't know what their monthly income is. They don't know what their debt is. They've never checked their credit score. They don't All know what their the... monthly income is? Shay, no, 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 no. No, like for real. So with my financial analysis appointments, which are free 99, by the way, We go through your numbers. So we look at income, expenses, debt, Mm. insurance payments, and we figure out what your monthly savings should be. Right. right? And yeah, like people don't know. They don't know the interest rate on their credit cards. They don't know all their debts. They've never checked their credit score. Like Mm. I'm thinking... Yeah. Okay, so you're just winging it through life. You just hope you have a good credit score. Yeah, (laughs) and the thing with the credit card score, to take a little bit of a detour in this conversation, is anything can affect that credit card score. I remember mm-hmm. when I was going to make a, a relatively big purchase, um, the person who was selling it to me was like, oh, I don't want to hit your credit card score, so I can only run this once. Because just just mm-hmm. running through it multiple times can bring it down. Paying things at different times can affect, like so many things can affect your credit card score that it's it's good to pay attention to that. It's good to pay attention to that. Also, yeah. if you don't know what your monthly net income is, like that's after tax because some people like to flex. Oh, I'm making 100K, baby. You're not making 100K. You're making 75. Listen, let's be honest. The, the government, Canadian government is, is taking making that it. 30, 30 something. <laughs> so you need to know yeah. on a monthly basis what is coming in so you know what can go out. There you go. That's it. <laughs> like, yeah. People don't know their like phone bill. They don't know 
what they're paying for subscriptions. Mm. They don't know how much they spend on groceries. And mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, I understand on one hand, like when you're at the point where you're so financially stable that you don't have to think about those things. But even right. then, you still should have some sort of idea because if you get overcharged, yeah, you're not you getting to. an email. Yeah. We overcharged so, you by $30. No, yeah. you have to check your statements and see that. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So those are kind of like some stats and stuff to look at. But what about personally? What are some things, some sort of like steps that we can take as individuals? So obviously I know one that's mentioned is, you know, having a good savings account, like a healthy emergency fund and so on. So what does that emergency fund or healthy savings account look like? Like, is there a figure that we should be hoping to have in there? Is it like one month's worth of salary, six months? Like, I know different figures get thrown around. So what do you sort of think from your perspective? So even before that, mindset is so important. Yes, absolutely. Like, what do you want your life to look like? Mm -hmm. You know, and what are your goals? How are you going to get there? You know, your goals don't have to be only financial. They could be business related, fitness, uh, fitness related. But like, how do you want your life to look mm-hmm. right? Once you get a big picture of that, then you can start looking at what do I need to do to get there? Mm-hmm. So definitely having some sort of emergency fund is key because I'm all about preventative measures. So right. I want to be proactive, not reactive. Absolutely. Too many people think they're invincible. You are not invincible. And I'm hoping COVID showed you a little bit of how you're not invincible, right? So (laughs) as much as you might have income now, that does not mean your income cannot be compromised. Exactly. If it does become compromised, what's your safety net? Mm -hmm. It should not be a credit card because you got to pay that back and you get charged interest. It should be easily accessible cash in a bank account. You know, ideally you want it to earn interest, but three to six months of your expenses. Mm-hmm. So typically they say three to six months of income, but typically it, that's a lot. So I usually say as long as you can cover three to six months of your expenses, right, you'll have that. a safety net and feel comfortable that if you're not working for those couple of months, you, like you'll be okay. Right. So right. if you want to create an automatic withdrawal to go into your savings every month, you could do that. Or, you mm-hmm. can just right away throw like $1,000 or $500, you know, to start. Right. However you want to do it. Mm-hmm. I still have 100 bucks going into my emergency fund every month. Yeah. Even though mine is overfunded and I take some out to invest. Mm-hmm. It's only because it's more than what I need. Absolutely. And because financially, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some sort of safety net. Like so many people that I talk to. I'm like, so what kind of savings do you have? Do you have any emergency fund? No. These people have children. Mm. These people have mortgages. Mm. These people have pets. So you're telling me that if you lose your job, you, like what? Yeah. Please tell me what, what, like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I think about that too. Um, I like that you mentioned three to six months of expenses. I think that's a lot more realistic. And even sort of these, the different safety nets and stuff. I think it's so important to pay attention to that because like you said, yeah. We're not invincible. Things change. Incomes can be compromised. People took salary cuts. People lost jobs. People had to switch things. So, yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that's important. And, um, you know, you mentioned something that was, I think is really, really important, which is the mindset, right? Yeah. So what does that healthy perspective, healthy mindset on money and looking at money as a tool, because that's what it is. It's not something for us to hoard. <laughs> Some of us are trying to, you don't believe in banks, want to hide money under your mattress. That's not how this works. Can you Uh, imagine people used to do that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so what what does it look like to have a healthy sort of perspective on using money as a tool to make your life easier? For sure. So the first thing I would say is understanding that personal finance is personal Mm -hmm. and we need to stop caring about what other people are doing and thinking and we need to do things for ourselves instead of trying to keep up with the joneses i'm sure you all heard (laughs) heard of that before you are all keeping up with the joneses who are also keeping up with the joneses who are also keeping up with the joneses that's so true it's It's a domino effect it's too much Mm -hmm. you guys are doing the most 
what you need to do is make decisions that make sense for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have to have a control over your emotions as well, right? Like being able to make sound financial decisions. Not every day stressed out going to buy something. Like how can we address the stress without spending so much money? Because ultimately, does that really make you feel better long term? It doesn't. And just segueing into that, my next point, short term versus long term, mm-hmm. right? We want to create habits that are going to be sustainable, not just for today, mm-hmm. but for years and years to come. Mm-hmm. So thinking about, is this going to help or hurt my financial future? And something else when it comes to a healthy money mindset is unlearning all of the things that didn't help us, you know, from our childhood, Mm -hmm. childhood trauma, financial trauma, parents' bad habits. We need to be able to unlearn those things and learn tried and true methods that are actually working for everybody, especially the wealthy people, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're so afraid to invest. But the wealthy people have been doing that. So what are we really afraid of, right? We don't, we're, we need to see somebody else do it before we do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like sometimes you have to be the one person to do something, right. right? If you're the one person in your family that is trying to improve your finances, mm-hmm. like sometimes you got to be that the only person mm-hmm. and maybe they'll catch on later on. Maybe they won't, but we really just have to let go of that desire to impress everybody. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, too, I think of two things. I think like a lot of the times we separate like health and wellness from financial wellness. Mm. And I think it's so important to bridge them together. Um, you know, I mentioned this yeah. person to you before we were recording, Zendile mm-hmm. uh, Chuanza. I'm going to plug her because she's also certified in the trauma of money. So she's a financial wellness educator. And I think it's important too, like when you're approaching your finances, also think about how well you are. If you're yeah. anxious... That might trigger you to either want to hoard money because you don't want to, you know, quote unquote, be broke. Like I used to have that. I will stack money because I don't want to go back to what it was like when I was a student. I was having to reach into those overdrafts. I had situations and I didn't know where I could. You know what I mean? Like, so it could cause you to hoard money or it can cause you to then want to just go and splurge at that retail shop, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think looking at how well you are, like you said, you know, addressing financial uh, traumas from childhood. And even just like being curious and asking questions. I think that there's so much content out there right now. I'm not saying all of it is accurate. All of it is right. But just be curious, like follow licensed financial individuals like Shay, follow, you know, people. You can reach out to licensed financial advisors, ask your parents, you know, just like be curious. Because I think we're, you know, we're off that age right now where we're starting to make like hopefully sound financial decisions that, like you said, will trigger things on the long term for the rest of our lives so i think curiosity is is really really important so thank you yes. for sharing that amen and i just recently posted something about staying curious because i think a lot of us lose that curiosity mm-hmm. that we had as a kid because we're afraid to look stupid or we don't want to look like we don't know something yeah and one thing i will say my parents were really good at encouraging me and my brother to ask questions Yep. My dad would actually get upset when we didn't ask questions. Like if, you know, something happened in school, he'd be like, okay, did you ask da 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 da? And I'd be like, no. And he's just like, nah, you got to like ask the questions. You can't be just making blind decisions. You have to gather all the information and, you know, remain curious. So shout out to him. But really and truly, I think that, and one of the things that I like, or one of my goals as a financial educator is to encourage people and give them the space to be vulnerable Mm. and ask those questions nothing is worse than when you go into a bank and you ask a question and they they lack empathy or they expect you to know everything Mm -hmm. and that's just not the case with me like i really don't expect people to know everything and one thing i try to do is i always ask like oh have you heard of the rule of 72 do you understand how credit is so i can get an idea of where they're at before I go and lecture them on something that they could possibly already know. Mm -hmm. So really like, again, don't worry about what other people are going to think. Like there's so many things that I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There's a Janae Eichel line 
I can't think of it now, but it's basically like one thing I do know is that I don't know anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a saying like that, like a wise man knows he knows nothing at all. Yeah. 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 So you so, have to ask the questions because absolutely. if you don't and then you sign up for something that's not for you or you make a payment and you shouldn't have made the payment. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't blame anybody but yourself. Exactly. Right. Like we exactly. really just need to let go of the fear of judgment. Like who cares mm-hmm. if it's going to better your your wellness, your finances, then ask the question. And if someone does make you feel stupid for asking, then that just means they're not the right teacher or leader for you. It doesn't mean that you did something bad. Absolutely. Um, no, I like that you mentioned that. And I, I just I love the whole idea of like, yeah, bridging together wellness, because when you sort of address how you feel about money, then mm-hmm. you're able to have a healthier perspective yep. on, on that and seeing it as a tool. OK, so we're going to get into the main portion of this conversation because yes. finance is such a huge thing. And, you know, for the listeners, I feel like this is one of many conversations that Shay and I will be having on this platform. Uh, But for this time, we wanted to have a little bit of a discussion on, you know, like financial mindset, all that stuff, and then getting into preparing ourselves for the holiday period. So if you're hoping to get some information on crypto and buying property, (laughs) this is not that episode, (laughs) but keep (laughs) keep listening. (laughs) And I promise in the future it'll come. Um, But yeah, so holidays are around the corner. People are shopping. People are buying gifts. People are you know, buying food, buying tickets to fly, to see people, going on vacation, all that stuff. Where, how do we sort of prepare? What should we be looking at? I, I have a question right off the top of my head is I'm thinking, you know, what should I be paying in full versus what, like, what should I be using my debit card for? And what should I be using my credit card for as I go to make some of these purchases around the holiday period? Because it's so easy to lose track of like yeah. what you spend. Like you walk into winners buying gifts for this this person that person this person and then you walk out and you're like oh my gosh what did i just do and then in january we're panicking (laughs) we're scared of looking at our credit cards you know some of us lose track of you know if we were financially like disciplined we're starting to pay for stuff you know not in full if we were doing that before so where do we kind of start when it comes to the holiday period (laughs) for sure so listen and just so you know Keep an eye on my Instagram page in the next couple of months because we are doing holiday content and I'm going to drag y'all with love. (laughs) Okay. So the first thing is, if you do not have it, do not spend it. Yes, ma'am. I think we'll be okay if we miss out on Christmas one year. Like, Amen. You know, um, I guess this is a bit of a segue into the topic. So my family... Didn't even celebrate Christmas last year, okay? Yeah. But a couple years before, I brought the idea to my family. I was like, you know what? All of these occasions, like, do we really want to be celebrating them if we really understand what they mean? So we decided that, okay, it is about family. You know, we're really busy during the year. Let's get together and we'll buy each person one gift. Mm. So one gift each. I made the request that my gifts have to be from a Black-owned or POC-owned company, Mm -hmm. okay? So one gift each means less waste. Exactly. Because we we need to talk about that, guys, global warming. But, you know, like, less waste, less stress, Mm -hmm. less money spent, and then we're supporting our local businesses, right? I changed the tradition of my family, Mm -hmm. and that was a simple decision, right? You do not have to keep up with traditions that don't work for you Mm -hmm. there's nobody saying that you have to buy 10 gifts per family member for the rest of your life if that does not make sense (laughs) then it doesn't make sense you know me and my brother are a lot older now you know and we don't need toys we don't need these random gifts what we need we need money we like money yeah we need money but We also, we don't need the same things that we did before. So Mm -hmm. this is a conversation that you should really try and have with your family, Mm -hmm. right? And then just going back, circling back, 
if you do not have it, just be honest. If your mm-hmm. family members are upset that you don't want to celebrate Christmas, again, it says more about them than it says about you, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Like what happened to potlucks? Yep. BYOB, Christmas, karaoke, <laughs> game night. Like yeah. there's so many things we could do that exactly. require less money mm-hmm. where you're going to have just as much fun, right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing we should do is think about our financial situation. We yeah. need to look at our numbers. Like, yep. what is our debt looking like? Mm-hmm. And again, people are going to be like, oh, it's just Christmas. Like, yeah, but you're going to be in debt if you don't do this. Exactly. Like, what do your numbers look like? What like what kind of budget can you set for this? Mm-hmm. Did you make your credit card payments? Did you make debt payment? Like, priorities, people. Mm-hmm. This is real. <laughs> you're, you're, do, you're doing the most for one day. And then on, on Boxing Day, you're going and you're spending bare money after you just got gifts. Yeah. Like when you actually think about these things, it doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> so, yes. OK. And you ask what you should be paying. OK. So first of all, that whole sizzle, whatever, Klarna installment payments. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Anti- shay, 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 shay. What? Please go ahead because why oh, are I you splitting up? I thought you were about to say like, yo, don't name drop. No. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, no. No, no name drop. Because, okay, I'm so sorry. I hope I don't offend someone. <laughs> I'm so, I think I don't want to offend someone. But why are you splitting up your payments on a shirt that costs $40? <laughs> yo. Okay, listen. listen. Why are you doing that? Because now what you've done is that shirt is no longer $40. Don't some of them add interest on it? I heard that some of them are interest free. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have $40 for the shirt, wait and get $40 for the shirt. That's that's how I operate. You can call me old school, but that has helped my situation. And I'm going to keep doing that. I'm not splitting because what happens when you lose track of that? You're making $150 on Pretty Little Thin. You split that across how many months? Then you've done another one on Fashion Nova and you're just losing track <laughs> as Shay sips her tea. <laughs> um, yeah, nah. but sorry, go ahead. I just had to jump in there because I saw that and I was like, why are we doing this? It's almost like we're trying to set people up. Like, I'm- Oh, you mean the system doesn't do that on purpose? <laughs> Listen, so, okay. The only time that works, the splitting up, payments is if you understand how debt works and how credit works and you are on top of it other than that and most people do not understand how those things work so if you do not have $40 to buy a shirt right then don't buy the shirt (laughs) like I I don't get it so yeah that whole yeah some of them are interest-free but Why do you think they implemented that? They want to attract and target people who do not have the money to spend, but make them feel like they do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we live in a capitalistic, consumer-driven society that runs on credit and the system doesn't care. Mm -hmm. So that's not the way to go. If you cannot put together a budget for your Christmas shopping or everyday shopping, if you cannot afford to do it, do not do it. Yeah. And 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 most of most people are already in the thick of a cycle of horrible spending and owing debt and and not paying things, but they just continue to do it. Yeah. And I don't know because that scares me. I I, I want to yeah. be free, bro, like. Yeah, for <laughs> and real. Even, and um even going back to what you mentioned about Christmas, like last year, my family like we we celebrate Christmas and you know, we sort of dig deeper into the meaning of it and we're more big on the family time than on buying things for people. So, you know, like, of course, like I love my family, we'll buy things for each other, but they're smaller items. Mm -hmm. If we've had a really good year, we've worked hard, someone got a bonus, whatever. Okay, you can get, you know, extra presents. It can be a bigger gift, whatever. But especially last year, when I tell you I loved last year, because aside from family, what also contributes to people's spending is all these extra um secret centers i'm so sorry Mm. i'm only partaking in one you're not gonna do a secret center from one friend group the second friend group the work people want to do secret center the the volunteer organization wants to do one you're getting one out of me i'm so sorry (laughs) 
I've done one secret Santa and that was at a job. Like I've never been a part of one other than that. My friends, like my friend circle, we're more so birthdays, but mm-hmm. also we understand, you know, and it's nice that I've been able to teach them things and they teach me things. And we've come to an agreement that a, we don't have to hang out all the time. As long as the respect is there, as long as we get together at least a couple times a year and also to like birthdays and stuff like it's just it's not that serious. Like mm-hmm. I I would rather a card like give me a card, write a cute message and let's hang out. Mm-hmm. I do not care for the extra stuff. But again, that's a conversation that you have to have because everything is normalized. Yeah. So we just think we have to go through the motions of doing what has always been done and we we don't have to do that mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah i'm also thinking too you know you touched on saving you touched on sort of like if you do not have the if you don't have the money try not to spend it looking at your budget but i feel like it's really nice to like talk about these things but sitting down are there sort of like tools apps or whatever that can help you like actually see how much you're making, like let's say how much is coming in in December, how much debt you're in and then how much you can afford to spend on these, like whether it's gifts, whether it's outings, because then people want to have Christmas parties as well. Like that's a thing. And some of y'all want to, you know, spend hundreds of dollars on your New Year's dress. Like, so. <laughs> Yo, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> like, what do I wear on New Year's? Regular clothes? <laughs> Guys, I'm not I'm not a bah humbug. I'm just very I'm so realistic when it comes to this stuff. Like I'm not buying a new outfit for New Year's. Mm-hmm. You're going to see me in an all black outfit because you, you all know I love to wear black. Like it's things like that, though, right? A New Year's outfit every single year for your whole entire life. I love to like multiply amounts by 12 months mm-hmm. and then multiply it by like 20, 30, 40 years. And it really puts things into perspective. And some of y'all need to do that. It's not just about today. It's about how today's decision is going to affect tomorrow and the day after. Right. So just keep that in mind. Right. So, yeah, going back to that, are there any tools sort of like, I know there's some good apps. I don't know any on top of my head, but do you know some that can kind of help you? Because I think it's cool that, you know, we're having this conversation and that people Mm. can think about it. But to actually practicalize it, I feel like it's really hard to actually like make up the time and sit down and look at your finances and be like, okay, December, I make it this much. Um, This is what I can afford to spend. This is how much I owe my credit. Prioritize spending that. So what's like, what are some good tools, you know, that help people to do that? So again, my free financial analysis appointment does exactly that. (laughs) Literally lays out your income, your expenses and tells you how much money you should have at the end of every month based on your income to expenses slash debt ratio. Other than that, every bank should have a spending app. Yes. It doesn't track, it it doesn't really track income. It more so tracks your spending. Mm. So it's going to categorize your spending into different categories, of course, and show you how much you're spending per month. Right. It's also going to give you a monthly review of how much you've spent in comparison to previous months. And you can also set um limits Mm. so if you only want to spend two hundred dollars on transportation you can set that limit it'll let you know when you reach it it'll let you know when you pass it so that's pretty cool but when it comes to looking at your finances once a month Mm. and and that's something y'all have to like set time aside to go through your bank statements go through your credit card go through your your credit score your credit report see what's going on over there Two apps that are really good for that would be Credit Karma and BorrowWell. They're both free. They list all the accounts that are associated with your credit and they give you a credit score. Mm. So that's something that needs to be done on a monthly basis. It's the only way you're going to actually stay on top. Like if you haven't checked your score in five months, like you're just out here. Millie rocking out. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like you're just out here. But see... Your credit report is your financial resume. So you need to know that. Mm. You need to know those things. It's it's the same as like basic stats, right? Like on any given day, you should know what your age is, if you have allergies, like basic stuff, right? <laughs> so just think of your financial or your credit report as 
your the basic stats that you need to know about yourself. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so um, we got a few listener questions that are sort of related. You answered some of them throughout conversation, but we're just going to sort of answer a few more and then switch segments a little bit. So this first one is from an American listener. And also, you know, shout out to the American listeners. Thank you for, you know, participating in this. And they said, does Shay see any financial differences or sorry, does Shay see any differences in financial behavior between Canada and the U.S.? Good question. question. So, yes, I do service both American and Canadian clients. The system is very different. And so there's only so much I can do when it does come to the American clients. But what I've noticed, it's more so it's not the financial. It's kind of the financial behaviors, but it's more so the system. The system's very different over there. It's apparently easier to build wealth over there as well. Mm. And if we're looking at the cost of housing, people over there are getting into home ownership younger. Yeah. Like you'll see on Instagram, 21, 22, 23-year-olds buying their first home. How? You know what the minimum wage is in a lot of those states. It's nothing right now of course a lot of them are entrepreneurs that's different Mm -hmm. but even the people who are working their nine to five minimum wage jobs are able to achieve a lot of things so what i've noticed is that they know a lot more about credit about debt about investing Mm. about insurance Mm. right and a lot of the times some of my canadian friends and stuff they're just like oh like we need more of financial guidance in canada Hmm. And I'm just like, oh, interesting. So, yeah. So I would say home ownership is easier to achieve over there because of the cause. Yeah. And I think it's in some states. Yeah. I saw on a house. It was like 800,000. The house, easily 3 million here in Canada. Well, specifically in Toronto. Mm. Like, so I can definitely see how it's easier to, like, get a foot into home and property ownership yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah and they're... Like a home over there for a hundred thousand is a is a whole <laughs> is mansion. Is a box, is a <laughs> no, box over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we're laughing now. We're gonna cry later. Yeah, but yeah. So definitely that, and then also too, I noticed that they're a lot more fearless when it comes to entrepreneurship. Like yeah. from the gate, if they're trying to braid hair, like <laughs> they got they got their thing in their basement. They're like. It's insane. And of course, I'm not saying that Canadians aren't doing a lot of those things, but I'm just noticing that they know a lot more Mm -hmm. and they're a lot more fearless. And then also when it comes to small business grants, there's like, it's incomparable. Right. They just have a lot more scrambling over here. Like people are asking me like, oh, do you know of any? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But over there, it's just like, I see people posting. It's like grant after grant after grant. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for whoever sent that for the person who yes. sent that in. Hope that answered your question. Sounds like us Canadians got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Should we be trying to reduce debt on credit cards before beginning our holiday shopping? You sort of answered this already. I would say the answer is yes. What do you think? Yeah, I would say again, it really depends on like I like to look at people's financial situations as a whole so i would have to like really see like what Mm. what kind of position are you in right now what are your priorities a lot of the times what i've noticed especially when it comes to debt people have debts that they could have paid like months ago they're making the income but they've been told just make your minimum payment yeah right and Mm -hmm. what i do is i have a a loan repayment calculator that i use and i'll put in the loan amount I'll put in the interest rate and I'll put in the monthly payment and it'll show me how long it's going to take you to pay off your debt. And usually it'll say like six years, eight years, whatever. Right. Mind you, the debt's like $2,000. But you have that either in savings or you have multiple savings or you're able to even increase your monthly payment and you're just making $50 payments. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wh- and and they do that on purpose, though, because yeah. they're making more money off of you on the interest rate that you're paying on top of the payment every month, on exactly. top of the principal every month. So. Yeah. And that's why it's great to <sighs> seek advice from someone who knows what they're talking about, because I literally tell people, I'm like, no, 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 pay this off tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes it's really like you can pay this off by the end of the week. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And then next, like, or it's two hundred dollars. Like, why are you not paying off two hundred dollars? Yeah. So that's the priority. Like, 
the world is shifting and nobody ca- like come on <laughs> financial literacy financial your financial situation should be your priority yeah you really need to prioritize taking care of the debts that you can take care of because again you're going to do this whole Christmas thing. You're going to be in even more debt. And then next year is not going to look any different than the last three years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. OK, we're going to do one more because I feel like some of the other ones we answered or you answered throughout our conversation. So this final one is what do you consider good debt and how can it help to build financial freedom? If you can just sort of talk a little bit on that. For sure. So. I just want to start by saying if. Anything I've said about credit and debt so far did not make sense and you have a credit card, please Mm -hmm. come talk to me because a lot of the times people have credit cards, they don't Mm -hmm. know how they work, and this is why a lot of us are in debt. So there is such thing as good debt and bad debt. Mm -hmm. Basically, good debt is anything that is going to enhance your financial situation and bad debt is anything that is not going to enhance it. So for me, I usually post about this. I say that I want companies to offer me as many credit cards and as many lines of credit as possible because I understand how debt works. Mm -hmm. So I'm not blowing off my $5,000 line of credit. I'm not blowing off my Mm -hmm. $6,000 credit credit card, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to use it to buy assets that are going to pay me and then I'm going to pay back the debt, right? Absolutely. So when it comes to good and bad debt, anything could be a good or bad debt, it's you, right? How how do you use it? How are you using your debt? That's really the main thing. Mm-hmm. So, for example, for me, right, my $6,000 credit card, if I max that out, but I use that to buy an asset that's going to make me money, then that's a good debt. If I max it out and I'm missing payments, I'm buying clothes, then it's bad debt. Yeah, I think so too. I think if you're using it to buy assets that are of worth go ahead yeah property certain things that o- increase in value or retain their value cool if you're using it to buy uh clothes an iphone <laughs> then perhaps not yeah <laughs> so so yeah i hope that answers your question thank you for you know participating and for submitting all your questions it was nice to do it i would like to just yeah get people you know give them the opportunity to submit questions so we could talk about it um, okay, well, thank you so much, Shay, for just, you know, blessing us on the mic today, for sharing all that no you, problem. your experiences, your knowledge, your story. Um, I'm definitely sure that the listeners will have lots to take away from and reflect on. Please have your notebooks open while you listen to this, because <laughs> you definitely want to take those tips down for sure. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. This is the But What Do I Know podcast. Exactly. <laughs> So, you know, over here, we like to, you know, get to know our guests a little bit better, get to know a different side of our guests. So I'm going to ask you four questions and without thinking, just give me any answer that comes to mind. All right. Oh, gosh. Okay. so first one is what is your favorite genre of music? (laughs) Afrobeats. Wow. That was hard, okay? Because I love dancehall, soca, R&B. Like, I love it all. But Afrobeats, like. When I when I'm out and I and that comes on and I see people people not dancing, I'm just like, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? It's so funny because when I have a Caribbean person on the podcast, they tell me either R and B or dance hall. Mm. When I have an African person, it's either R and B or Afrobeats. So for you, J- Jamaican to yep. say Afrobeats, but but but. Okay, all right. Um, love to hear it. Okay, next question. Are you where you thought you would be in life at this point in time? Hmm. No. Um, I really just got my life together or started to get my life together at 27. And mm-hmm. as much as I don't believe in societal norms, it's still kind of, in a sense, it's a little bit late to like be coming financially stable in my mind. So, yeah, I felt like I was really late to the party. But now, now that I'm 29, I'm so excited for 30. I'm excited to get older now because I have my my stuff together. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. Yeah, when you when, when it's coming together, it's nice. <laughs> when when you're like, damn, I don't know what I'm gonna do tomorrow. Yeah. You're like, I hate that age. Yeah, but 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I'm glad that you feel that way. Um. Okay. What movie or TV show are you currently enjoying right now? None. <laughs> I barely watch TV. Damn. You're um, giving me those entrepreneurial vibes that are like, don't uh, watch TV. You're over Read a book. Yo, invest. <laughs> um, I don't have my own Netflix account. Mm. So, yeah, what I would say is something that I'm consistently watching would be the master investor on Instagram. Mm. He is a black financial guru from the States. Mm. And Monday nights, I believe he does YouTube live streamings and he teaches about investing. So that's something that I'm consistent about. Okay. I don't know nothing about movies. People will be like, oh, did you watch this? Do you know this? Do you know that? And I'm just like, yeah, I don't I'm know. not even going to lie to you. I don't I don't subscribe for TV. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I might cut this out if this is, you know, legend <laughs> some things, but I don't pay for TV. I don't do that. I don't pay for Netflix. Yeah. I don't pay for HBO. You guys are not going to have me paying for 10 subscribers. I'm not doing it. Nah. So I find that stuff. Mr. World Premier is my friend yeah. online. Yeah. Anyway, Ooh, what I will say is this. So I it's not OK. It used to be a guilty pleasure, but I definitely cut back on it because I understand that everything has some sort of effect on your mental. Mm. So I used to really be into different reality TV shows, but only yeah. because <laughs> the business tea that you can learn from watching those things, like the way they position themselves, the way they promote themselves. I was taking in that. But what I did was I'm not paying to subscribe to nothing. What I do is I find those pages on Instagram that post snippets mm. and I get my little my little snippets from there. So Let's look at that. Yeah. OK. Yep. Um, a final question. What country is on your travel list next? So Jamaica. Mm. Unfortunately, I have not been yet. I know you all are crying. I'm crying inside as well. So Jamaica. <laughs> England. Trinidad. Okay. Trinidad for carnival? Yeah, that would be ideal. That'd be lit. That would be ideal. Yeah. And then somewhere else. Um I don't know. Okay, well. Maybe Dubai. Like ooh. Dubai. Yeah, Dubai will see me when my bank account is just in such a way yeah. that I can just spend and not feel it. Then Dubai will I'm trying will to get flued out. Yeah. I'm taking applications. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, those are all the questions I have for you, Shay. Thank you so, so, so much for being on this episode, for sharing all that you did. And, um, you know, before I let you go, just share with the listeners your socials, how they can connect and work with you, all that good stuff. For sure. So, again, this is Shay from Finance for the Culture, a bridge the gap between financial literacy and marginalized communities. You can find me on Instagram at finance for the culture the link is in my bio to book a free financial analysis it's free y'all there's people who are charging like 70 an hour for this yep. i'm trying to make this as accessible as possible so please take advantage of the information and the resources that i'm providing i do host workshops all the time which i will post on my instagram so keep up with me and stay tuned Thanks thank you for so having me. Much. Yeah, thank you. This is such a great conversation. We're definitely going to do this again. Like, yes. I'm ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. So with that, we are at the end of this episode. Thank you all for listening and Thank you to Shay for just coming on and being candid, dragging us with love, <laughs> dropping gems, giving us tips to just get ourselves prepared for the holidays. This was such an amazing conversation to have. So to all the listeners, thank you for tuning in for this episode. I appreciate it. Make sure to keep the conversation going on all our socials on Twitter and Instagram at BWDIK Podcast. As always, make sure you're liking, commenting, subscribing, and sharing the podcast with your friends and community as well. Take care of yourself. Make sure you drink your water. Mind your business. <laughs> That's key. Mind your business now. And I will talk to you in the new year. Happy holidays. Happy new year. And we'll chat real soon. Bye for now.
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.